On September 6, 2018, off-duty Dallas police officer Amber Geiger, a white woman, entered an apartment that wasn't hers and murdered 26-year-old Botham John, a black man, while he was sitting on his couch. Geiger apparently believed it was her apartment and that John was an intruder. At her sentencing hearing on October 2, 2019, Brant John, brother of Botham, told Geiger, If you truly are sorry... I know I can speak for myself. I forgive you. And I know if you go to God and ask him, he will forgive you. And I don't think anyone can say it. Again, I'm speaking for myself and not on behalf of my family. But I love you just like anyone else. And I'm not going to say I hope you rot and die just like my brother did. But I personally want the best for you. And I wasn't going to ever say this in front of my family or anyone but I don't even want you to go to jail. I want the best for you, because I know that's exactly what both of them would want you to do. And the best would be, give your life to Christ. I'm not going to say anything else. I think giving your life to Christ would be the best thing that both of them would want you to do. Again, I love you as a person, and I don't wish anything bad on you. I don't know if this is possible, but can I give her a hug, please? Please? The judge gave John permission, and they shared an embrace in the courtroom. Now, it would be nice if this was a clear-cut, uncomplicated story of forgiveness. But it is not. Because there's a lot of history behind what happened in the courtroom that day. Stereotypes abound of the hyper-spiritualized, wise black person always willing to grant forgiveness and grace to white folks. Black people in American society have often been expected, expected to forgive white people. Such ersatz facsimile forgiveness has meant no accountability for those who have perpetrated such crimes and no justice for those who have suffered them. However, it would be wrong and just as racist to caricature John's statement to make it fit into that stereotype. Real forgiveness was shown in the courtroom that day. And so we get to the rub. Forgiveness is complicated. It can be confusing. Dynamics of power, race, gender, everything that makes us who we are, come into play. And forgiveness can be offensive. It can be incredibly offensive. You just needed to look at the backlash on social media when this statement came out. It can be so offensive that forgiveness becomes another F-word. Jesus certainly knew how averse we were to forgiveness. He knew how offensive it was to us. So that's why he ramps it up in the Sermon on the Plain and commands us to love our enemies as well. It's such a Jesus thing to do. Is there something that God wants us to do that we find offensive and difficult? Jesus makes it even more offensive just to drive the point home. You want forgiveness from God? In the Lord's Prayer, Jesus makes our forgiveness conditional 
on how on our forgiveness of others. That sounds like too much. So let's talk about what forgiveness actually is. The word forgiveness in Greek is aphiemi, which has a wide range of meaning depending on context, but at its root it means let go. To forgive then means to literally let it go. I know what you're humming in your head right now. (laughs) But that's what it means. It means to let it go. So when we forgive, we let go of our right to retribution for the wrong done to us. This doesn't mean that the wrong never happened or that the wrongdoer shouldn't be held accountable. It also doesn't mean that the one wronged shouldn't pretend like their relationship with the wrongdoer is unaffected. I think of an abused person being told to ignore his or her spouse's abuse. Oh, just go with it. He didn't mean anything by it. That's not what forgiveness is. Acknowledgement of the wrong done is necessary for forgiveness. Without that acknowledgement by you or the wrongdoer, preferably both, forgiveness is impossible. What happens in that case is mere whitewashing. It's just forgetting without forgiving. Or ignoring, rather. Forgiveness is letting go of our desire for vengeance. It means letting go of the hold of the wrongdoer can have on our hearts. Here's a personal story. After my first marriage ended in 2008, I was filled with vitriol for my ex-wife. It seemed like, to me, from my limited point of view, that our marriage was being thrown away like a used piece of Kleenex. I had wanted her to suffer like I had suffered. But it was only much later that I realized that indeed she had suffered greatly and had initiated the divorce as a favor to us both. Coincidentally, the Greek word aphiemi can also mean to divorce, to let go, to release someone. By letting go of a dead marriage, we were able to let go of the anger and resentment that had consumed us both. It was the first step to forgiveness and to wholeness. A brutal way to wholeness, to be sure, but it was a step that we had to take. When we let go of our desire to punish, we are also we also let go of our desire to be judge, jury, and executioner. This is an ancient hubris we have because it means this is our desire to be God, to stand in God's place. We're freed from an office we were never meant to hold, and freed to live lives as the people God made us to be. When we forgive others, when we let them go and let what they've done to us go. We find that we are let go from our own sins for Jesus' sake. This is precisely where the law of God becomes pure gospel. This is precisely where the offensive thing that Jesus said becomes the greatest good news we could ever hear. Turns out that forgiving someone is the key to our own forgiveness, freedom, and wholeness. Letting go of the wrongs done to us turns out to be the key to becoming whole ourselves doesn't mean that we control our own forgiveness. That's granted by God. 
We can do nothing to earn that. But what it does mean is that we discover how powerful, how expansive, how great God's forgiveness is when we forgive. It's when we forgive we discover the forgiveness that God has already granted. The whole Christian life is a journey towards wholeness. When we hold on to the wrongs done to us at all costs, we can't be whole. It's like, and I wish I could find the source for this quote, but it's, it's uh, I can't find the source for it. It's been said so many times in so many places. It's like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. When we let go of those wrongs, when we let go of the image of that person in our head, the Holy Spirit can do her work. And despite the mess, despite the complex racial and social histories intertwined in that courtroom, despite how offensive that moment of forgiveness was for many, the Holy Spirit was there providing a glimpse of the wholeness that we are living for our whole lives. And despite the messiness and confusion that swirls around forgiveness in our lives, we can trust that the Holy Spirit is likewise there, guiding us along the path to greater health, peace, and yes, I I have this, I go on this theme so many times, I'm going to touch on it again, toward greater shalom. Thanks be to God. Amen.